Hello, nerds. Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only podcast on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show that is based on a comic book or comic book property. I am your host for the evening, the host with the second most. I am Taylor. With me as always is Mike. I'm the host with the actual most. Ooh, well, we might have a contender for that, because also with me is Ryan. I'm the host with the least. Oh, wow. <laughs> I doesn't guess... even rhyme, you chump-ass chump. We I'm just... the host with the lowest. <laughs> That's right. So we just have a very clear hierarchy. No yeah. no conflict whatsoever there. Why am I hosting, then, if you're the host with the most? As the host with the most, I can just say, you fucking host. I don't feel like it today. I'm going to kick back, put my feet on your desk, and sip a martine. Plus, no, you know what? I'm taking away your host points. You don't get to say martine. That's my martine, and I'm sipping in it. What, Martini McBride? I Yes, Martini McBride. We all get the joke. Let's move on. Who is that? I don't know. That's a name that I know, and then I don't know why. Martini McBride is a, it's a little lady in a wedding dress. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. At McDonald's. And you know she got bright red hair. <laughs> yeah, so Mike, we missed you last week. Where did you go? I, I think I died. Yeah, but like, did you go to heaven or hell? It was, I kept watching my dad just play the drums over and over and over again, saying, this is the family's curse. And then I grabbed guns and shot a bunch of people because they weren't cheering for my dad loud enough. Was it cool? Like, was it a David Lynch movie? Like, this is the family's curse. This is the family's curse. Or was it like, what's up, Mike? This is the family's curse. Want a beer? Wait, which one's cool? I'd say the second one is better. (laughs) It was so. I guess it was Lynchian in the fact that the like the first two hours I was bored out of my head, uh-huh. and then I was like, I get it. And so anytime a new person showed up, I could be talked down to them. You thought it was boring until somebody came up to you and said it was good, and then you were like, Oh yeah, 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 oh, it was good. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why his hair was super long, talked right. backwards. I get it. I get for it. For sure, I'm it. part of the Lynch it. mob. Yeah, chromatic. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, totally. Lynch mob. Got it. I get it. Is that what they call themselves? Yeah, I it think so. Yeah, that's, that be. that shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, someone should have a talk with them about that. That's not. Martina McBride is a uh, country singer. Yeah. Obviously. We, I think <laughs> you had if, to look that if up? If you re-listen, we gave all the hints. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to circle back to that. You did it so naturally. Yeah. You know, I felt like that was just a real natural... We were already talking about because country music. Because I get it. Country music, that's actually who call their fans the lynch mob. Exactly. And it's a real Black Bolt situation because her real name is Martini McBride, but she goes by Teen Bride. You know, she shortens it to yeah. be that. Yeah, m- much like uh, Martino Wittgenstein right. goes by Teen Witch. Exactly. Yeah, try to top that. You never know which one's the Black Bolt part of the name. No, you never no, do. You never do. Uh, have, is, have we talked m- recently enough about how his full name is Blackagar Boltagon? I got to say it's been three or four weeks, which is the longest we have ever gone. Yeah, and I feel like, th- when's that show coming back, by the, the way? It should be Boltagon. <laughs> I, re- I really hope that that show is coming back real soon. Hold on, Taylor. I'm sorry. Mike, do you want to do that again? Okay, so Taylor, uh, it feels like it's been gone for a long time. It's been Boltagon a long time. Oh, I'm real upset that we circled back for that. I'm sorry it was no Martini McBride bullshit. Listen, when I'm coming here with 100% hot fire in the pun department, you got to bring something a little bit better than this Boltagon bullshit to God. You get what I'm saying. You can kiss my black again ass. I'm out of here. I, it's black again. When did it stop me? What's look, I need the history. What's up with your ass? That's, That's why it's everybody gets show. offended because everybody's like, "Hey, black, what up?" And he's like, "Ah, uh, it's black again." He's like, "Oh, somebody's racist." 
Jesus. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> we're going to... Is talk- he talking about the neighbors? <laughs> what is wrong with Mr. Boltagar? Oh. It's actually Blackagar Bolt again. So it, all of our facts are wrong about Every, everything. Everything we've said for the past four and a half minutes has been bullshit. And if you want to hear some more bullshit, we're talking about Luke Cage. But before we get to that, we're going to go to the super serious shishy bullpen. Now we're here in the super serious shishy bullpen, part of the show where we have a little fun with things. Now, as uh, you may have heard, there's a little bit of news that Disney is rolling out a new streaming service and they are throwing some Marvel characters their own TV shows. There's potential for Loki, possibly Loki and Scarlet Witch, uh, possibly some other things. So what we decided was, well, if they're rolling out this entire streaming service, they're going to have to have other shows, right? It's not just the ones that they've talked about. And if they're going to need ideas for other shows, who are they going to come to? Obviously us. So, what we've done is... We are nerds who never scream at them for including women or other races. We're the so last I three. We're, we're good to tap. <laughs> you know what? We actually are a pretty good come to us. Uh, so, we've constructed a very sophisticated algorithm that will pull uh, automatically characters from the Marvel Universe and a genre of show. And you can tell it's sophisticated because when you hit the button, it's going to go, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. Ooh. Yeah. So what we're going to do for this segment is one of us is going to pull to a character and a genre, mm-hmm. and then the other two are going to pitch their idea for the show, and the best one wins. And the other two are competing, or are we partners? No, you're competing. Well, you like if Taylor, you're pulling first, yeah. then you and I, Mike, are going to try to sell this show. Taylor's going to decide Taylor. whether or not to buy it. Okay, good. Good, yeah. good, 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 good. All right. So to start it off, we have... Miss America in a TV movie. Okay. Okay. So Miss America is Chavez. Yes, is not one for drama typically. No, she's she stoic. She's fools. a hard ass. She's I would say that she is the Rosa Diaz of the Marvel Universe. Right? Yes. Okay. So her in a TV movie, that seems like the opposite. I don't know what we're going to do because TV movies are all as much drama as possible. What if it's it, this is a meta TV movie where Miss America Chavez is going through the, she's Puberty. at a high school and at this high school there is teen pregnancy, there is drug addiction, there is a school shooting, there is a kid in a wheelchair. There's so all the stuff. Every single thing that was ever your drug is on your brain is on all these drugs. It's everything that was in a teen movie this happens. And this is one year or one day at this school this is a day in a life okay and so she's there to tell everybody how they need to fucking fix their shit okay are we do we have enough money because it's a tv movie to use powers so what she does is she punches holes in the universe and they can travel from dimension to dimension which is the coolest power and they're all in the shape of a star because she's miss america um are we keeping the powers separate like with what um, what's it called? The Inhumans did with Medusa. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, five minutes in, got to cut that hair off because we can't afford that. Oh. And she's just walking down the hall fixing everybody? Or are we going to have her use her star power? No, but let's use practical effects. Okay. So build real holes <laughs> in dimensions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just do it. Industrial lights and magic, get on it. So when she punches just like those glowy stars that you putty to ceilings will fly out of her fists. Okay. Guys, I'm sold. You like this. I, well, lo- I love this idea. I would say what I know about Taylor, the producer, is he has 
two favorite superheroes, and this is his second favorite, the way he talks. He loves Miss America. So I think we could have said hot garbage, and he would buy it. Honestly, probably. She's, she is a queer Latina woman who punches holes in the universe. How, <laughs> like, honestly, every queer Latina woman we've ever met. <laughs> we do need, real quick, though, like the, you know what the most important, of a t- important thing about a TV movie is? Hmm. The title. Oh, yeah. It has to have Marsha Gay Harden in it. <laughs> in the title or just in the movie? <laughs> yeah, just anywhere. So the title, we have to do something like, uh, Mother, May I Punch Your Hole? The America Chavez story. <laughs> nope. you, you don't like nope. that? Nope, <laughs> We're moving along from that. How about Star Power? Star Power. The, the America that. Chavez story. Yeah. All right, Ryan, generate us our next film from the Disney streaming service. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. Did you want some water? Um, Yeah, I'll take some. I can have my, no. I can have my assistant move. get you a hot toddy. Who wants a hot toddy? I would love a hot toddy. Two hot toddies each. What, like, Let's what, do two uh, hot toddies each. How tall is toddy? <laughs> it's like seven or eight feet. Okay. That's <laughs> now, I was told that you guys have a very special project for me. By the way, I am in charge of a um, uh, Disney streaming stuff. And so <laughs> I am very excited that Should you guys uh, are pitching me today a demonic possession show starring the Winter Soldier. <laughs> okay. Bucky Barnes has gone through a lot in life. Uh, I don't think anyone would disagree with that statement. Would you say that he's some sort of outcast? But not nearly enough. I say make his life harder. He only deals with like temporal, tactile issues. Let's send his ass to hell. And and this time, all right, he's always, he's always got that robot arm. But now that robot arm... It's possessed by a demon. It's possessed by the demon. Oh, just the arm. I love it. It's kind of the Marvel take on the late, great Devin Sawa's idle hands. Still alive. Babysits my kids, but that's fine. Can we get Jessica Alba? Probably. Can we get Seth Green and the guy who now plays Foggy Nelson? Probably. It's all a shared universe. Can you get, because you now know Disney, and Disney knows people, can you get four unopened boxes of Idle Hands DVDs? Absolutely. I will send them to your house. Oh, they're already there. I already sent them. Thank you. You're welcome. Because I need 10 to watch Uh and a bunch to give as Christmas gifts. Now, I do have one question. He has a robot arm. That's correct. And his arm is a... Spatula. So is the spatula going to come into play at any point here? Oh, yes. He is a short order line cook. <laughs> that has a possessed by, spatula? He's, he's a short order line cook by day. He's a mercenary with a demon possessed spatula robot arm by night. And in the mid afternoon, he is a volunteer at Big Brothers and Big Sisters. So it is. It's Winter Soldier meets Idle Hands, meets Waiting, meets. Just like a, a really good plug for the brother sister program, where I wouldn't be where I was today without it. I have. Have you guys done any research into? And I mean, I am not giving notes here. You two are the artists, and I love you. I love that. But have you looked into if he's the Winter Soldier, what a Winter Spatula would look like? Are we talking furs? Is it different colors? What's going on with the spatula? There is an adorably home-looking knit uh, handle that wraps around the oh. edge, but you still—it's still like a that's nice, marketable firm metal spatula edge okay i love it and is it gonna cut somebody's throat it will i love it that all sounds wonderful and i am gonna buy it yes i can retire well i need you to help me make this show oh i'm sorry okay you're right um all right gentlemen today i hear you have a wonderful pitch for me i am mr disney we definitely do and i cannot wait for you to read what you think the pitch is this is, uh, I get it. We all saw this poster as a kid. 
But you know what? People like familiarity. So please tell me about Psylocke's beach party. Okay. Well, Psylocke. It, she, I'm going to be honest. Like, uh, hashtag me to everything. But Babe looks great in a swimsuit. Am I right? Uh, yeah. Well, I, again, I have that poster still. And she's always basically wearing a swimsuit. That's what she fights in. That's weird. Let's send her to the goddamn beach. And now it makes sense for what she's wearing. So... Have you seen Return of the Killer Tomatoes? Yes. All right, so you know how at the beginning of that movie, they have a fake movie with the theme song, Big-Breasted Girls Go to the Beach. Yes. It's that movie. But okay. now, she's got, like, psychic powers and, like, mm. katanas and stuff, and she's killing people at that beach. It's just a beach slaughter. Everyone at that beach, dead. She's the only one standing, and she's covered in blood. And that's our kind of party. Like, when we hear party, yeah. that's what we're thinking. Like, listen, when I go to a party, I'm thinking, I want to show up. There's going to be at least one rock lobster and a whole bunch of death, all right? There needs to be, like, people being decapitated. There needs to be people being, like, distended, like, their bowels torn out and just dragged across the sand. I want to see sand inside of wounds, all right? I'm thinking, like, seashells embedded in people's eyes. I'm thinking... Like, take off a severed head, bury it in the sand, and make it look like one of those things where you bury someone up to their necks and make them look like a mermaid. But then when they're like, hey, what's going on? It's a severed head, and it falls out, and then everyone screams, and they run off. And then I'm there with a katana, and then I just slice all of their necks, and then the blood's everywhere. The, the, you see it drip in the water, and it just does that thing where it, like, it drifts, and then the camera goes underneath, and you see like the blood drip in the water, and there's like, oh, no, is it a shark movie? No, it's just a murder movie. But then the shark comes in, and the third act and that's when i fight the shark the third act of the tv show that we're making obviously exactly i was gonna say i do have three questions because you started that only three very enthusiastic <laughs> pitch uh where i like parties that do this so right is this part of the tv show what you just described too Oh, uh, my partner Taylor is part of the TV show screaming things <laughs> at the audience the entire so time. This, I, I should have established, I am narrating this television this show. This hefty white gentleman yes. will be playing Betsy Braddock, the Asian-American ninja. Oh, no, 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 no. Psylocke. Yes, yes, I will be playing Psylocke. Okay, I am just I, learning this I right think, now. I, I, think I touched my ear. <laughs> this is coming in from the booth. You're on the field. I, I think the whitewashing might be an issue. Other than I have well, we're no, on the beach. It's filled with whitewash. No, it's coming into it in the sand. No notes, but less white men. Okay, I do oh, want to throw you know this what? in, too. A, that is a good note, and we will take that under advisement. We can't, it's already in production, so we can't make any promises. But like, I haven't given you any but money. May, maybe for season two. Warner Brothers and Fox already said no, but we now know what their problem was. It was no cute sidekick. That rock lobster, that's just not in the background. That is Psylocke's best friend. He's got the clippy clops, so his name is Psy. Clops, and he's going to run around and help her on adventures. Is he sassy? Is he kind of a funny no, daddy? No, Mike, it's a not sassy sidekick. A la Sebastian, the only Clippy Clops sidekick I know. <laughs> he's a Cyclopster. We are in talks with Sebastian right now. He doesn't want to be typecast, so I don't know if we can get Coming him. Coming out of retirement. Yes. Out of Under the Sea. Uh-huh. And back into... Right now, he's a backup singer for Shaggy. I love keeping in the Disney family. Sure, of course. I That's what I've heard about you. cost. So, so 
You you want this? You want the show? Sold. If I had a gavel, I would clack it. Well, gentlemen, I think that has been successful all around. We've sold three shows. Disney hit us up. I think you're going to be very happy with the product on all of those. Now we're moving out of the super serious shushy bullpen where we have been very serious. And now we're having a little bit more fun and talking about the season finale of Luke Cage. On the season two finale of Luke Cage, Bushmaster begins his spinoff show, The Great Bushy Bake Off, and it becomes such a big hit that he has no time to be in this episode. Unfortunately for us, we don't get to see a single second of that show, so we're left with the final goings-on of Luke, Mariah, Shades, and Tilda. Tilda decides to become the supervillain we'll call Foreshadow and kills her mom in prison. Mariah, meanwhile, dies in prison. That ruins Shades' deal with the police, so he's off to the pokey. And Luke deals with the biggest ramification of the episode. Mariah left Luke Harlem's paradise which means that Luke has no choice but to rule the gangs of Harlem with a Danny Rand. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Did the complete sea change occurring in the last episode make for an interesting finale, if not an interesting season overall? I think that while Bushmaster has been this season's big bad, it's so obvious that Mariah is Luke Cage's big bad. So for us to get a little less Bushmaster, but... A little more rock and roll. A little more rock and roll. I, I, I enjoyed and and Luke being thrown by Mariah was one of the best moments in the show where she's like, "I gave you a gift," and he was like, uh, "Hold up." Uh, to your first point, though, I get what you're saying, like on the whole, mm-hmm. but just focusing on this episode, the handling of Bushmaster was like objectively bad screenwriting, right? Yeah, yeah. That's bad plan- planning and bad screenwriting, especially because we knew. 12 weeks after it came out, that Bushmaster was the most interesting part of the show. That, even that aside, even if he was boring, this was still a bad way to handle it. Right. right. And, and so what, for the listeners, what, what did they do to Bushmaster? Well, he got fucked up, and he needed some more drugs, uh-huh. and then he took those drugs, and then he was sort of gone. Like, how much screen time did he have in this episode? And then he just wandered away? Like, he didn't... He went to Jamaica. Yeah. And so he's a threat for another day, but not in an interesting way. No. No. Well, because at the end of the episode... Uh, one of like Bushmaster's guys comes to Luke and is like, "Hey, you're all right. You're a good yeah. guy. We're fine." But and what I like, so they've been slowly building to, they're fine. Like Bushmaster is not bad. He's a Punisher type with a vengeance, and he just happens across Luke Cage's path. But they could have done that better, right? And also, we've been we've been comparing the two of them all season. You know, it will cut. There'll be a montage mm-hmm. where it's just Cage scene, Bush scene, Cage scene, Bush scene, and then we're supposed to realize that although the scenes were very different, they're the same person, mm-hmm. okay? This is typical hero-villain shit. And then it's supposed to be interesting that Cage and Bushmaster sort of cross trajectories, and as Bushmaster becomes more of a hero or less of a villain, Cage enters into villain territory. That sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. But how it was handled, a lot of balls were dropped. And not like, only that, it, this is definitely like the trilogy, the third movie of a Spider-Man or a Batman where, like, everybody's a villain. Like, they could slow burn Tilda if they wanted to make her do a slow heel turn. But she was, I want to help everybody until she became Nightshade. In the comics, she's Dr. Nightshade. And what's the best way to not have to slow burn someone, especially in the musicals? You have them sing a song about everything they're going through. I wish I had just, like, the musical history knowledge and perfect pitch that it could sing a song that lets everybody know what I'm going through. That was it was called Tilda End of the Day, and it was wonderful. <laughs> I will say, like, I really like Eva Evil Tilda 
and it has highlighted that a thing we have not talked about enough, I say, and I say it every day in the pop filter meeting, uh, Tilda can get it uh-huh. uh, as definition, and this episode did highlight that, that she has, in fact, gotten it and can continue to get it. Great. Stupid character, though. Uh, yeah, I I like I do like evil Tilda more than regular Tilda, mm-hmm. but Ryan's right. They did that that heel turn far too quickly. This episode felt like they had slow burned this entire season, and then decided to wrap everything up in the first like thirty minutes of the episode, and then set up the next season like right. at the same and time, why? all in one I episode. Didn't, I didn't even feel like this season was that slow burned. I I I really liked this season. It's been the first like whole good season since The Punisher. I can't remember how long, but like I agree. I didn't have as much shit to say as it probably sounded, but this episode in particular makes me think about this whole season, which is there was so much dope about this episode, but it really then shined a light on all of the stupid decisions. Like, and again, I like we're critics and we're supposed uh-huh. to have our own opinions and we're supposed to say them in an eloquent, interesting way. I'm saying objectively stupid. Like there was so much objectively stupid well, shit. We could have had Mariah in prison for a few seasons because the way she oh, took yeah. over one brutal, delicious violence of all the throat slashing and stuff that happened. Then. Oh yeah, like that was a season of Orange at the New Black in ten minutes. And it was just like, you think you're badass? I'm badass. You think you're badass? I'm badass. Just like kill, kill. It like I think Bushmaster was the biggest balls dropped in this episode. But the rest of this episode had great things, and then it wrapped up those great things, and I am not excited. I'm not as excited about next season as I should be based on how good I think this episode actually was. Okay, so let me ask you this. You're not excited because of what happened on paper or because of execution? Because of execution. It felt like they were... It it felt like I could feel the writers wrapping things up. And that bummed me out because I, this episode had cool stuff in it, and I really enjoyed watching this episode. But I also, I think it was just me knowing how Marvel Netflix shows work and knowing like how TV just has to happen. I was like, all right, so they're setting up next season. A large part of their job is to make us forget those things uh-huh. that you know, and this show did not for- no. make us forget. Well, and I think the order of operations matters. You got to pemdas this, and so Luke has been wrestling with anger this season, but. Not in a while. He's been a pretty straight and narrow for the last few episodes. That was the first season of the second season. Right. And then we went on to other seasons and then, of the and second he's season. he's been fine. Uh, and then so for him to, for Shades be like, you're not polite anymore. And the next scene is him like just <laughs> snapping arms and ankles in half. And then uh, DW being like, if you are the boss of crime, that inherently makes you a crime boss. That feels like that should have been a season's worth of swell. But what right? about when DW said, if you are in trouble? You should absolutely you should, call DW. Look, we're not buds anymore. There's one rule about the crime world. Launchpad. I'm sorry, Luke Cage. <laughs> it it did feel like they did almost like a season's worth of Luke Cage time length development in one episode, and I think that's what it is. Is it's not that they did things necessarily too fast in general. Just it's, too furious. Yes, but it was too fast for Luke Cage because Luke Cage has typically been a slow burn show. Mm-hmm. And these storylines could have been very interesting season-long arcs that they did in half an episode and were like, get on with it. And it's very hard to not do what, Taylor, you said of uh, feeling like the writers were just being told all of a sudden, go, 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 go. Like, all of a sudden, the green light's on and you guys have to finish this up. And it's also hard to not feel like an episode of a show is just a backdoor pilot for future episodes of the show. Right. That's not how it should feel. Luke Cage becoming the Godfather, that's interesting. 
And that's why the execution is what bothers it me. It makes me wonder if other Marvel Netflix shows coming down the line require Luke Cage to be in that role for their storylines uh, to make sense. They and need that, him a big bad. Right. And that's why they did that so aggressively. Like, I think they probably have a storyline in mind for mm. another show but that all, they needed to help set up. All we want is no Iron Fist season three, no Luke Cage season three. We want Heroes for Hire season one mm-hmm. and Dodgers of the Dragon season one. And that's not helping what we want. So right. what the fuck? Yeah. We want what we, we want. We are the fans. We own this. Uh, how do you like? We've made fun of Luke Cage's visuals for a long time because there's always I'm going to stand in front of Biggie's crown. Now yes. I'm going to get a new. So did the Godfather visual shout out? Did that bother you guys? Where he's just like I'm closing this door. And you know what? Right now I liked it, and it he cut Claire uh-huh. like Michael cuts Clay at the end of the first Godfather, but that sh- that shot wasn't copied. That shot was just stated. So I liked how that was thematically the same as The Godfather, but not exactly ripped off. And that goddamn Biggie poster is gone. Finally so, gone. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to work it in where you stand in the Muhammad Ali punching the camera sort of way where it all looks like a, its own thing. <laughs> I'm very excited for that to always be the new thing. Like whoever's about to get punched next stands in, <laughs> front, of in front of that. That's the <laughs> that foreshadowing. comes in. Chekhov's Muhammad Ali picture. <laughs> Do you know what is rude? I think very rude, even though I know Luke Cage is a celebrity and they've picked him apart. For the rapper... To lay Rakim. every part for Rakim to just lay out Luke Cage's emotional journey and life facts at the end. Not I went, okay. When he showed up, I was like, wait, is, is that Rakim? And I, I looked it up, and it is. They, just, they got him to come in and do a rap about Luke Cage and at, then put it in the show. At one point, he raps, and he's like, Tilda sang her own song, so I'm going to do mine. <laughs> I'm going to make this as blatant and obvious as she did. That's only fair. That was my Rakim imitation. So is Rakim the Watcher or some sort of God figure in this oh. universe? Or at least an Eternal. At least an Eternal. Yeah. Got a backdoor movie pilot. <laughs> backdoor movie pilots don't happen often enough. Not often. Do you remember that Especially episode? Especially with like late 80s, early 90s hip-hop legends. Do you remember that episode of Married with Children that was just a uh, uh, rush hour backdoor pilot for that movie? Yeah, they were just running into Chris Tucker half the episode. Yeah, Al Bundy was like, oh, you never touch a black man's radio. And then Chris Tucker ran in and said, I'm going to use that, and then <laughs> ran away. All right, well. That's, that's, that's a real Marnie McFly introducing Johnny B. Good. Like, <laughs> yes. that's a real white man steal. All black culture is <laughs> stolen from white culture. We all know this. Well, that's it for Luke Cage this season. It's done. It's over. Uh, now we're moving on to all of the other Netflix shows that are coming out. So Iron Fist has what? Two weeks on its own? Yeah. And then Daredevil's, Daredevil's here? Daredevil's yeah, da- Daredevil's Did, coming they, out. Does that mean they didn't trust Iron Fist to hang on yes. its own? I think so. Maybe maybe Daredevil's the reason that who's the guy, he's the guy that's going to butt heads with Luke Cage. All right, well, that's it for Luke Cage. Now we're moving on to the tape-in, the part of the show where I actually get to have fun. Now we're here in the tape-in. This is the part of the show where I get to just do whatever the fuck I want. So It says here you want to review the last episode of Luke Cage. That's what you want to do right now? That's what I want to do. So this week on Luke Cage, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not actually going to continue with that bit. But instead, guys, there was some news this week. I don't know if you've heard that Disney's unveiling a streaming service (laughs) where uh, uh, they're taking some of their lesser-known characters and putting them on... there are shows on this streaming service. And my question to you is, what genre is the Moon Knight show going to be? So we did a wacky little thing earlier. We actually weren't 
pitching to Disney. That was all just jokes and fun and games. What? But now you want to have a serious, in-depth conversation here's, about this goddamn Moon Knight show. For viewers slash listeners who are just tuning in, I love Moon Knight. I have stuck by that ever since I started this show and before I started this show. He's my favorite Marvel character. Uh, is it because he's just like a guy who's like Batman, but about the moon? And like, yeah. is it because he's loco and La Cabeza? Uh, yes, it, that is one hundred percent it. He's just a crazy guy who likes to punch things. Mike, you ever know that thing, or you ever see that thing where uh, Taylor will say one off random thing and then have to stick to that like it's fact forever and ever yeah. and ever? Is that what we're going through here? It's my favorite fact about Taylor. Listen, he also said, and before the show, I don't think he'd heard about comic books or superheroes before this show. We still hired him. We, we were hired desperate. him on yeah. site. I I just want to go on record and say. Me loving Moon Knight, a very serious thing. Me thinking that Chris D'Elia should be the one to play Moon Knight, also very a very serious, serious thing. thing. Chris D'Elia is on the Norm Macdonald train of all comedic rapists are fine and like, oh, we should let them back to... into the Is he really? Yeah. He has that face. I don't. Uh, I don't he absolutely does. And the eyebrows. But he... I don't follow Chris D'Elia's career. That's the, wise. The only time that I know, I remember that he exists is when someone mentions, who should play Moon Knight in a television show? And when someone needs to make fun of white rappers, he's got like the market okay. cornered on that. His Eminem rap was fucking hilarious recently. It's good. And he's very good on Alone Together. All right, so Crystalia out. So now you guys, you have free reign of casting for your Moon Knight show that you're pitching but to me. But you also said what genre is it. And what genre well, is it? Well, can we start with that? I actually do want to take this seriously, if you don't okay, mind. Okay, please so do. Because there is a right answer. There's a thing here where you can make a really good show and a slight, gentle satire on Batman. Okay? Right. And those, like those gritty crime comics. Mm-hmm. I think you have to because if you try to go full bore, like Marvel Netflix always does, it's going to be boring and it's going to look hack and you're going to look like you're trying to copy. You want your own Batman, which is what Marvel did. But Mark Spector, the Moon Knight, is like is crazy, right? Mm. He is schizophrenic. Yes. And so if we do something with that, I think that we can go a little, just a little bit, ticky, like the tick. And uh-huh. what, what I'm sort of thinking is, do you guys remember – I'm bringing this up a lot, but – do you guys remember when Colbert Report first blew up, there was a thing called The Word? Yes. Where he would um, like just scream all this conservative bullshit, but the person in charge of his graphics would type up reality on mm-hmm. the side of the screen, and that was The Word. If there was something we could do there where in Mark Spector's brain, he is the ultimate superhero, but every once in a while we get to see that that is not the case at all. There is somebody creating the show that is actually showing us the ins and outs of what it's actually like to be a superhero. Did you ever see the indie film starring Michael Rappaport called Special? I did not see that. Because Special is he took uh, experimental drugs, and in his head he was a superhero, and then it would cut to his friends watching him, and he would just sprint into a wall and get knocked out. So it's important that I said I did not see that, so it doesn't right. seem like I'm stealing anything but I'm at just all. Saying like, and also I actually think, though he might also be on this Chris D'Elia and Norm Macdonald train, that Michael Rappaport... Would not be a bad person because he's a hulking dude, but he looks like a goober. So that might be a good if going for this tone of grimdark slash making fun of grimdark. Here's what I want at the same time. You, you've launched two shows. Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan. I'm a fan. I don't know if you guys think she should have a show, but I do. And Mark Spector at the same time. And it's the same sort of premise, mm-hmm. but wildly different tones. Ms. Marvel is a fangirl, the first fangirl who got superpowers and got to be amongst her heroes, right? Mark Spector... Also has those powers and sees those heroes, but only in his brain. So we have the, how awesome would it be to be a fan of heroes Mm -hmm. and go and be a 16-year-old girl fighting villains? 
And then also Spider-Man and co- like people with masks so you don't have to hire actors. Spider-Man and whoever show up a- in Moon Knight, but only in his brain. Oh, and he it, doesn't actually deal with that. He does, yeah, he's just talking to them and he is just tortured about how he will never be great. And he always knows in the back of the mind that they're not there. But in the front of the mind, he definitely does. And we sort of have a team-up, non-team-up, canon, non-canon show. And that plays with the entire history of Moon Knight. Is, is, are his powers from the moon? Are they from an experiment? Like, they, they change it up every once He's in a while. He's the Hawkman of the Marvel all Universe. Of oh, that's rude. How, that's cold. <laughs> How dare you? Well, Ryan, that is a actually a really good idea. It's too bad that it's wrong, but it is a really good idea for a show. Do What's I get right? To pitch mine, yeah, Mike. What have you got? So Ryan, Ryan recently mentioned the late great married with children. Yeah. Should we go back to the tape? Let's watch the tape. And so that's his generation. Did you say made with children? Made with children. <laughs> that's his generation's. Uh, that family sitcom isn't it fun to make fun of families? Mine is unhappily ever after, which is married with children, but oh, with the dad. The far superior version, of course. Talk to Bobcat Goldthwait as a dog puppet. And I think that's the tone we should go with Moon Knight, is the moon god is Bobcat Goldthwait, and he okay. just talks to, and he looks like Mac the Knight, and he just talks to him, and he, he whispers, like, you gotta fight. Who, any of you guys got a good Bobcat? No, I think you had it. Continue that. You gotta fight crime there, Mark! That's just your mom. <laughs> that's your mom screaming at you. Yeah. She doesn't even know your name. Yeah, she, my mom calls me Mark. It's Mike, time. mom. It's Mike. <laughs> she, she thinks your name is Mark, and she wants you to fight crime. Eat this hamburger. <laughs> that's, so that's what Mark Spector is doing. So He's running around. It's, it's, the whole thing is th- three camera, and we never see, we see him get it ready in the Moon Knight outfit and go out for the day. And then there's family hijinks, and he comes back, beat to shit, and tells. So you save a lot on the budget. So he's just like, well, I had to fight the kingpin, and he teamed up with Namor, and then there was a tidal wave of sharks. And the crowd goes, the crowd. And that's like the bit every day is he comes in, and he's like, oh, you'll never guess what happened. Exactly. The problem is that, not the problem, just a couple of notes. I apologize. I supported you. Is that uh, there is. It, it, it captures the wacky of Mark Spector, mm-hmm. and we're trying to be nice here and not say offensive things about crazy people. But it, he, there's nothing. There's never been anything family about him. So what you're describing is all in his brain. Yeah, he doesn't have a family. He just he makes. What it about all Frenchie? Up. What about Frenchie? Frenchie's there. And if you want to like, what's dark and sad about him is that there are people in his life who have to deal with this. Can I just ask one favor? Like, Deadpool was like just overblown and we had to hear about it all the time and now it's Frenchie. Everything is just always Frenchie, Frenchie, Frenchie. Like, can we stop talking about the Marvel character Frenchie for I five will, minutes? I will never stop talking about the Marvel character Frenchie. So, Mike, this is a also a great idea. I'm sold on it, actually. You know what's hard about Tapen? Too bad it's wrong. Like, too bad it's very wrong. Is that we come in, we kick ass in Tapen, and no matter what we do, it's the just, wrong thing, it's and, the and then we're told the what right is. I just, well, I'm going to tell you exactly what right is. All right, here's what the right answer is. Is it's Crystal Leah? Well, no. See, now you've brought new new information to my ears. So Crystal Leah is out. Moon Knight is now going to be played by me. I am Moon Knight. I'm going to be playing all three roles of Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, and Jake Lockley. Uh, I'm going to dress full. I'm I'm going to do because I think I I'm a huge fan of the cape and the cowl look. You, I, if you, you, know you know one thing about me, I'm a, a, I'm a cape and cowl man. And but, a huge boy. So we're gonna have to get a big costume. But in this instance, I am going to go for the Mister Knight persona, 
wearing, oh, I have the suit white and tie, suit, yeah. suit and tie, just a nice little like balaclava style mask. That's going to be me. All right. And I'm going to go out. I'm going to go to the deserts of Egypt and I'm going to fight the desert. <laughs> it's the mummy, but meets Moon Knight and it's me. So it's the mum me. So you're going the Josh Brolin route because you're going to be Moon Knight for Marvel and Psylocke for X-Men Marvel? Yes, I'm going to be everything. I'm going to do all of it, and I'm going to fucking fight that desert, and the desert's not going to know what hit it. And when I get done, it's, it's all going to be glass because my white-hot vengeance will just scorch the fucking desert. Can we just... Just let like just make me one promise, right? No yeah. matter which of these three incredible ideas goes forward, whether it's mine or Mike's, which were great, or yours, which was yours, the tagline is Moon Knight. He's on the spectrum. What do you I, think? No, yeah, I fully support that. All right, well, we're gonna cut it off right there on that high note. Ah, oh, praise Conchu. That has been the tape head. No, that's offensive. That Now we're going to get so many tweets because you said that. Oh, that has been the tape head. Now we're going to move on to the pull list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Now we're here in the pull list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Starting it off is Fear the Walking Dead. This week on Fear the Walking Dead... In a flashback, the mysterious woman kills her husband after he turns, and then she goes crazy. In the present, that same woman attacks the semi-truck with a SWAT van until it explodes. (laughs) We're still dealing with that SWAT van? Sure are! The noise calls walkers and forces the team onto a roof of the hospital where they get stuck. Meanwhile, Alicia and Charlie find a lake. Gentlemen, I ask you this. Do you think you missed a whole lot in this episode? Can I ask you guys this? If there was, if you had to watch one show, Fear the Walking Dead or Smear the Walking Dead, where you had to put locks and cream cheese on a zombie and then take a bite out of it, that's a reality show. Which one would you be more prone to watch? Absolutely the second one. Is Smear the Walking Dead hosted by Joe Rogan? (laughs) You know what? That makes it even. Now I don't know what to answer. <laughs> yeah, no, so yes, it's hosted yeah. by Joe Rogan. I'm like, because I, I was in, I was anticipating like a like this is a Paul Hollywood and and Mary Berry's back for this one uh, style, like very polite. Like everyone's like, all right, well, you know, I just think I want to do my best, and they're all helping each other. Did you pick for this zombie? Mm, like blueberry. And the cool thing about those hosts is that they treat zombies and Jewish people as equally fictional characters. <laughs> like, oh, we have so many unicorns on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Fear the Walking Dead. They're on a they're on a hospital. Some some guy got bit. This lady's crazy. And there's a lake. There's and a there's jet. a lake. There's a lake. That's the entirety of their plot line. Do you guys believe that if you are on a boat, a nice boat, mm-hmm. then you get some nice ass fishing poles? But if you're fishing on a lake, you get a long stick and you put some string around it, and that's as much yeah. equipment as you can use. Have I told you guys that I won a bamboo fishing? <laughs> Contest. You fish for bamboo? No, I took a, just a bamboo rod with a little string and a little hook, and you just dip it in the water and you catch fish. And when I went to karate camp when I was seven, <laughs> I won the fishing contest by catching the same fish seven times. That's a dumbass fish. It was a dumbass that fish. fish. Is, is that a true story, or are you bamboozling us? No, I'm. I wish I was bamboozling you. That's a true story. It's the. It is the only trophy that I ever won in karate. <laughs> I have a trophy with a little karate guy for fishing. My, uh, Fear the Walking Dead is on AMC on Sunday nights. Your next show is Outcast. On uh, this week's episode of Outcast, Kyle faces the mystery behind his powers. 
Reverend Anderson finally confronts Sydney as Dr. Park's plans grow in scale. Megan makes an unlikely friend, one who will prove dangerous. Chief Giles tries to defend himself and his wife from the tide of people copying IMDb synopsises. Taste buds, I ask you this. With only two weeks left to go before we cover the Outcast finale, what's on your Outcast Christmas wish list for what we're in for? I want more demon angel fights. That is all I want. And for him to uh, keep doing the thing where at the beginning of this episode, he goes and he has to get stitched up because he's been stabbed. And he goes to the hospital and he grabs a nurse who is obsessed by a demon. Sure. And, and she's like... Obsessed or possessed? She, she's both. <laughs> like has the pictures of the demon all over her wall. Yeah, she's like, oh my God, what do you think he's thinking about me? She buys Hellbeat every week. <laughs> and so she is like, get away from me. And he's like, you better help me. Or do you want me to touch you with this hand? <laughs> and it's the hand covered with blood. But it's just like... <laughs> what, it just icky? It's like, it's like, what if like one hand was the only hand that he had to fight demons with? And he's like, hey, hey, hey. Like if you were a dad... And your kids were demons, which all kids are. And you had that power. You're like, hey, you better cut that out or else I'm going to use this hand. So the full title of this show is Outcast Fist because he has one hand that's actually powerful and the other's just a fucking hand. Yeah, yeah. it's probably like a bloody spatula. It's a bloody ass spatula. He's cooking eggs. It's like Iron Fist, but he has a blood hand. Blood hand. You know what? <laughs> that's a <laughs> shitty image comic superhero for yeah. sure. Every <laughs> time you pitch something, Mike tests it out. You're like, but it's a blood hand. He's like, hold on. Blood hand. Nope, that works. works. That's a good idea. Yeah, it's Kyle and the Blood Hand Gang. <laughs> Hello, my name is Kyle, and I unpossess demons. It is a true fact, though, that every fan of the Bloodhound Gang's name is Kyle. That is a fact. That's it's just true. Yeah, because they have to be able to slam their never closed screen door while their step uncle yells, "Kyle, get back here!" Why? Why is the step uncle so often at Kyle's house? Step uncle, get a job and stop humping my stepmom. Well, Outcast is on Cinemax on Friday nights. Your next show is Iron Fist. Danny and Colleen strive to broker a badly needed peace between the tigers and the hatchets. When Danny's temper gets in the way when he's talking to Mr. Yang, the two then have to go talk to his wife, who happens to be running a charity casino night at Colleen's work. Meanwhile, Ward tries to be less of a dick with his assistant and then crashes his sister's auction, where Joy is playing matchmaker with a twist. Taste buds, I ask you this. With Danny trying to be more of a diplomat, Ward trying to treat everyone around him better, and even Davos trying to get what he wants through seduction rather than killing, what, if anything, is this episode saying about how men interact with the world around them? That they're fine, everything's fine, we should all move on, right? Is it, is it yeah. we should all move on? It's, yeah. I do think... Everything's fine, right, guys? I don't think it's argue. It could be argued that Colleen and Joy are perfect characters or like humans. I would argue that Colleen is a perfect. Colleen character. is pretty close to perfect. She's close to perfect, but like they they, they have foibles. But it does seem like this episode specifically, and possibly <laughs> this whole season, is like maybe the dude should grow a little. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Danny Rand from season one had a lot to grow. Uh-huh. He could have done some in the first season, even a little bit. Uh, but I think. This season is off to a better start than se- I think. Word up, word up. I think the season. <laughs> I right. think season twos of these shows that we didn't like season one have, in large part, learned their lessons and are getting. But be- like, whereas Daredevil season two was a step down from season one, mm. I felt. And Jessica Jones. Yeah, I think the ones that we were like, I, I'm upset that there is a season two mm-hmm. are like the season two is doing we'll better. show you. Do yeah. they have some responsibility though? Like when all these first seasons came out, which 
wasn't that long ago, but sort of feels like decades, not just because of how many Netflix Marvel shows we've watched, but because of what has happened in society since then. Do they have some sort of responsibility, even if it's heavy handed, to start delivering messages of boys be better? I, but I don't know because it's boys be better, but I don't know if Davos is, I guess it's kill less, so that's better, but it's also sleep with this woman while you're videotaping so you can hoodwink her because she is married to a Congress. Oh, American Pie style. It's American Pie yeah. style. It's American Pie. I, I think that these shows feel that they have to, and they do it. it I think it's good that they're trying. It's not Supergirl level. Right. Like didactic. Message. But I think I'm ready for that now. Like, I think that we are, I'm so nervous about what I think of the typical person who watches this show and what they're capable of doing mm-hmm. to other humans that I do want all these shows to you, be Supergirl You want level. it to be instructional. But Almost, You want it yeah. to be like, hey, you're, don't do this, you but fucking you're not, assholes. You're, you're going to be a sociopath. Right, you you're are, gonna like you discount have a big old swinging dicks. So yeah, you're you have be a crazy. Person. So that means that you're insane, and you're not. It's not going to be taught in schools that are supposed to be educational. So we have no choice but to make our TV educational. And I do think because Danny Davos and Ward are all three different kinds of dudes in in every way, that having them all learn how to control their anger is not a bad message. Right, and that the fact that it's not being didactic about it. That it's all entertaining, it's pretty fucking awesome. I know the problem is though that the people who are capable of this are also so stupid when they watch mm-hmm. TV. Like they see themselves in these heroes, even though they're the opposite. And I do want it to yeah. be more didactic. And when, then we just don't watch it anymore. When Danny punches the table in the beginning of the episode and that kills the negotiations, these dum dums are gonna be like, "Cool, he yeah, that guy's that's what table. we did. Let's kill those negotiations." And, and the rest of the episode, Danny's like, "I fucked stuff up and had to make life harder for my girlfriend." They're not watching but that part. They're of it. already high fiving and not paying attention yeah. to that Look, scene. High five for forty minutes. They're plugging or they're chugging Mountain Dews and like waxing up surfboards. They're I don't know what they do. Waxing up surfboards. Surfboards. I- I did like in this episode, I didn't mention Alice Eve yet, uh, the Typhoon Mary, is she runs into Derry again, Danny again, and then she talks about how New York is hard in a way nobody in these shows has. Because it's not like, because there's ninjas. She's just like, everything's expensive. It smells all the time. I'm sorry. Cool point, bro. Uh, <laughs> bef- but before that, when Typhoon Mary, Typhoon Mary ran <laughs> into Derry, Typhoon Mary. ran into Derry, did she take one of those pills that you have to take so you don't shit yourself? Because yeah, she, she she did not, and then she became Typhoon Man. What is, is that? Imodium? What do you take? It's okay. I take Imodium often uh-huh. and lactate. Lactate, guys. And I am on Mike's side. Lactate is kick ass. Well, hey, if you guys are gonna walk around town like a Typhoon Mary's gonna run into dairy, you better take some lactate. Talking about uh, didactic PSAs, I told Taylor because he was like clutching his stomach after he ate a spoon of ice cream, and I went, "I carry lactate in my wallet, bro." And then I got a text like a week later when you changed my life. It really did. Listen, I have lactate because I know I'm going to eat very cheesy pizza later. I've got some <laughs> lactate in my bag. I am ready to go. Like, I, it has changed my entire life. I can eat all the dairy I want and not be like, all right, guys, I got to duck out for like 20 minutes to go erase my bowels. Mike treats lactate like that one episode of The Office where with the Michael Scott Paper Company where they're all doing cheese balls. <laughs> like, he can hit you in the mouth with lactate wherever you are in the room. Mike, I do have one major major question about this episode i have a minor answer does do danny and his girlfriend sleep in the same room in the rand mansion or does she sleep in the colleen wing god damn it what's your moment of the week <laughs> don't answer <laughs> well, that. he sleeps with colleen wing for sure yeah he does uh my moment of the week is it's colleen and danny i do think they've figured out their banter and how to make even though they're dealing with ninjas and bullshit how to keep them like a, a lived-in couple is because he brought alice eve to their house and then she leaves after being a weirdo and she's like, she's obviously crushing on you. And Danny went, oh, she's human. And the look she gave him, it was just this back and forth that I was like, oh, you guys figured this shit out. 
I do have actually have one more question, Mike. Uh, when Danny and his girlfriend, they're both injured. Iron Fist is on Netflix on all what the time. What happens if they're both injured? You'll never know, because Taylor's a big dick. Iron Fist is on Netflix all the time. You can watch it, but we'll be watching it week by week. You guys can check it out. Ryan, what were you going to say? What was it going to be? Oh, I'll save it. I'm going to have one of these for every single week, so <laughs> I'm going to save this one. All right, fine. All right, next up is Why Nona Earp. Because we like it. <laughs> this week on Why Nona Earp, who Nona and Jock are caught porking in the barn by Bolshar who traps them in a torturous time loop in order to obtain Peacemaker. Meanwhile, Waverly is melting faces with her angel hand, and guys, Mercedes is back! Gentlemen, I ask you this. Isn't it great that Mercedes is back? I didn't think so if you asked me that before the episode. But after this, I think she has the appropriate amount of sass for Orion to keep watching her. Oh, guys, yeah. Mercedes, I forgot how good that actress is and that character is when she wasn't like face cut off being she, worn on a demon. When, yeah, when she wasn't demon Mercedes. It's crazy how much I love the Earps and all their antics and then yet agree with every sassy goddamn bitchy comment that she makes. It's when, perfect. When, when she, when they introduced her again and she said, my face still looks like a goddamn charcuterie plate. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I love Mercedes. She can, she can deliver those lines with the best of the herbs. And that's how you have to be on the show, right? Yeah. Is to get like wordy, quippy dialogue and be able to make it sound natural. And Mercedes does it. Don't slow down like Firefighter McGee. Oh, he yeah. Had, when he had those lines, he had to slow down to like a third of the speed of everybody else. Even though the Doc and Winona humping was a dream. Mm -hmm. The first thing I thought when I saw that was not like, oh, this is weird. But, oh, okay, Firefighter's gone because he can't do dialogue. Yeah. That's what you think immediately. Winona only fucks dialogue. <laughs> that's that's what it is. When when they f try to catch her having sex with Doc, and she's like, I'm coming in, and Winona says, well, then turn on incognito browsing, because it is in, <laughs> what is it, NSFW in here? I See, I can't deliver that, so I would not be able to like and have also, sex with Winona. Plus, you're already signed to the Moon Knight show, so you can't. I can't. That. If that happened, if like a roommate was trying to walk in on me, i just go, Doc! <laughs> I don't. I don't have a funny quip. No, because we're not Winona. She's and, good at that. And all you would hear from the person who busted in was Mark. <laughs> put it away. I'm your mother. Mark, Do you remember this reference? Good uh, job. Just to be serious for a second, though. Yeah. This was a one-off, in sort of a bad way, as far as I'm concerned about TV, because it was dreams. It was Groundhog Day. It was. It was as, no gnome. As Winona, yeah, it was no gnome. As Winona called it, it was video games. It was not counting, but counting. But Winona always does it great, the show and the person. And then also, what it did do was allow me, I think, for the first time to really be nervous about Bolshar. Yeah. Every episode before this, I was just told that I should be. Right. But now I kind of think that he's an evil prick that That's, I'm a little nervous about. I was about. wondering, like, why did he wait? He could have done this at any time. I know, like, yeah. It's so fucking long. But he was waiting for other plot lines to die down so yeah, he could have like, the headlines. I, mean, I don't want to run into that gnome. Oh, so. oh, oh, wait, hold on. The mom is still in town? Okay, then you no, know what? I'm going to give it two more weeks. Show. Yeah. Yeah, it does feel like he's been doing some, like machinations behind the scenes but we haven't seen those i guess at christmas he stole that kid and then put people in cages right so i want to know like what was that about what's going on there but that was more to get nedley out of the right. way as opposed to make me realize the importance of the season-long arc and and i'm aware that like they don't have there's budgets and time constraints and all that but i would love like a comic book issue where you get to see the like the superior foes of spider-man okay like, what yeah. are these fuck-ups doing when right here's not around i would love to see bolshar like 
Who are those beekeepers? Right. Where does he what? get them? Why does he have beekeepers? They're not revenants. Like just to get like, what is his? What is a normal day in the life of Bolshar? Like, does he have those people under the like wide-eyed thing that he put Winona and Doc under? Right. Hypnosatism. Hypnosatism. Because the show is so fun that it gets away with a lot of this, but it's not great at world building because it does feel like until we need him, Bolshar is it just in a closet doing nothing. Yeah, like I need a Brandon Sanderson fifteen hundred page like level text of like what's going on in the world of the Ghost River Triangle. And if you guys, sorry, go ahead. His name is Branderson for real. <laughs> so continue. If you compare this to The Wire, then it's a little bit lacking. But if you compare this to all Marvel Netflix shows and all CW shows, I think it's spectacular uh-huh. because they don't have the ability to. Uh, lose the villain for an episode to just focus on characters. They don't have the characters and mm-hmm. they're so desperate to have that villain. We took a break from Bullshar as far as like the main focus. And then in this episode, what we lacked in, you know, Bullshar scary. And I'm telling you that Bullshar scary. So you should think Bullshar scary. What we have is the opening where we see Bullshar in the background, but the main characters don't. And then the next scene, the next cut, he is standing next to two sleeping people that we care about. That's the kind yeah. of shit I'm talking about. Like, they do that really well, and they also do the thing where we don't have to concentrate on Bullshar because they can just make throwaway good characters. Right. Like, like that goddamn gnome. Well, like the goddamn gnome, or in the, this episode, the, the jewelry guy. The ring perv. Yeah, he's a ring perv, which A, is just, it's, it's a great character choice, but he's also a revenant, so he shows up, and then he gets his face melted by Waverly's angel hand. And also redundant. Revenants. Nobody who's into rings is not, a, not perv. a perv. Like, that guy is every ring person. And, like, and he had a cool tool that I had never seen before, but I assume is a real tool. Like, that's just a thing that it was me in life being like whoa that's such a good idea the clippers a tool They're yeah it, it well it, but it's like a little like it's like a saw blade but it has like a thing underneath so that you can like put it in between so that if it cuts through it doesn't cut the finger because like, when he had that saw i was like oh how's it gonna do it and not cut that finger once he cuts through the thing but it, it, they thought of that it's a it's a good idea for a tool very simple had never thought of it before <laughs> i liked it that was my moment of the week another weird Weird way to pre-come there, man. <laughs> Another great thing, like, Winona Earp is that friend that you find very funny because you've hung out with them long enough, but you'll be a little embarrassed if you introduce them at a dinner party. Ooh, this is hurting me. Because that intro uh, of the fake out talking about lube and grunting, and it's the ring. If another show did that, I would break my TV. That's so lame. But Winona did it, I went, you guys. But you knew. Yeah. What they what yeah, they the wanted you to think started. was not what was actually going on, and yet Winona Earp just earns this whole like, eh, it's fine. But here's why I give Winona that bit is because they will do that bit, but then later in that scene, Hot will walk off and Waverly will go, and maybe more lube, <laughs> and, and Hot will go when that gets off. We do. Oh, yeah. Like, that's straight up. Like, yeah. I'm going to fuck you to climax later <laughs> on. What's good is it's not just like highlighting quips. Every other di- line of dialogue is a little quip or, or action movement. Like, the little Winona just like, when she realizes what's happening, she just spins around in a room and flips the whole world off. It's little moments. And it's like, let's say that's earned in a cheesy way. Like, we're already in the bag for the show, so it's earned, not really. It's Winona earned. It's Winona earned. But the uh, the other thing that happens in every episode, like shows will just do that and nothing else. But for every one of those, that lube scene where I don't know what they wanted us to think they were doing other than like well, fingering <laughs> each other to death. But for every one of those, what we get is 40 minutes later, we get Winona realizing that this is a video game and it's all going to be fine. And then sh- thinking that she's out of it and she's not out of it. 
and watching her react oh. to that. So for what they have in cheesiness, they make up in not cheesy at all. That was like... Sorry, I went full Brittany Murphy from Clueless there. No, it's fine like, because, yeah. They, Winona's a virgin who can't drive. Whoa, Ty. Mega harsh. But, yeah, that's after she Leroy Jenkins by screaming yeah. Leroy Jenkins. Leroy! So, like, certainly I won't tear up. And then you Certainly do. I will not do this at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, and I know how television works usually. So, I'm like, yeah, it's a Groundhog Day. So, like, uh, they're going to do this thing. And when they think they're out, they're not out. But they I, they got me. They caught me. I was like, yeah, they, they made it out. They had a little thing. And then they weren't. And if I could, maybe, Taylor, if you will, let me perfectly bookend this show. Uh, Luke Cage is a show that we liked, but made us realize all the time that it was TV. And we realized all of the like the cheats and the, the, the writers had to they were forced to do. And Winona Earp has all of that. It's very difficult for somebody who's just barely watching both shows to pick one over the other. Mm-hmm. But Winona Earp is the exact opposite of Luke Cage in all of those ways. Well, guys, do you have other moments of the week? Other than yours? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's hard. Winona has been killing it on lines. If I had to choose one, because I'm not allowed to just scream all of them right now. You mean on the internet? That's what you say? On she's on lines. She's I like on it. Lines. Uh, I like when she logs in online. It goes... Uh, Give me that modem voice, girl. I'm like metal. The the more I get hit, the stronger <laughs> I get. And I'm shiny and dense. Nobody fucking delivers that line like one on her. Look, she either has perfect lines or lines so bad she just won't stop saying them. And that's that one. And the, the perfect one, because I'm going to tie it up and hopefully steal Ryan's, is uh, another great line is, I hope I don't get killed by eating too much delicious popcorn and her <laughs> meaning it. My moment of the week was, and I did not think, if you told me this scene was going to happen before I watched the show. I would assume that it was sort of stupid, but her and Bobo laying next to each other, dying, was pretty effective. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, If I have to pick another moment of the week that isn't uh, the Saw uh, tool thing, it would be uh, when they open up the safe that uh, Mercedes is trying to get into, and she pulls out wads of money and goes, my wads! (laughs) That was great. I really enjoyed that. Wads is a good word. Winona Earp is on Sci-Fi on Friday nights. That is it for the shows that we watched this week. This show was brought to you by YourPopFilter.com, the only website on the internet to get these podcasts and every other little bit of pop culture news and stuff that you like and, and things that are good. And popcorn news. And like popcorn You just need news. some popcorn. It's We're right there for you. We got toffee now. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got toffee. Uh, Mike, tell us about podcasts that are good. If you liked this show, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, except for Stitcher, because it's a fucking long, drawn-out process that's super hard to review. Those you know what I'll say? If you were on Stitcher, that means you're a bad podcast. You're probably How about a bad that? podcast. How about well, that? Well, that seems, that seems well, we rude. we are on Stitcher, so we shouldn't say it. Uh, if you liked this, you would probably also enjoy Movie of the Year, which includes me and Ryan and not Taylor, uh, and our buddy Greg making us fight every week. To see who is his bestest friend. Plus, we also talk about movies. Right now, we are hot in the middle of 2004. Surprisingly good year. I think 2004 is a great year. Do you want me to keep going? No. If you like other podcasts, you should check out the OCD, which is these two idiots who aren't me talking about a show that I hate but other people love, The hey, OC. He doesn't hate it. You he doesn't hate it. This week's and next week's episode, Taylor. Don't believe you. Because it's all about music and not about the characters at all. Oh, well then, yeah, I would love that. What? Listen to the things we make for you. 
<laughs> well, listen, I listen and I don't like it. <laughs> Mostly because of the content. Not The show is great. You cool. guys are great. Cool ad, bro. Yeah, this is an ad for a show that I enjoy listening to, despite hating the subject matter. If you also like listening to just me, you should go to Taylor Talking Taylor. It's a show where I just talk, and it's just me, and I talk about other Taylors of note, because I am very selfish, and I don't like these guys. You should also check out Unnatural 20s. They're a pretty good podcast. That's you know a sister show. Podcast? <laughs> you know what's a weird podcast? Unnatural 20s. They're a pretty good podcast that's uh, not under our umbrella, but we just love them. And maybe you'll hear some of their members on uh, other podcasts that we do. Not yet. Soon. Well, it's happened in the past. Negotiations are started. Podcasts. Yeah. yeah. If you like them, then uh, go check out their podcast. They said in order to be under our umbrella... They need $20 million a week. Which I am and working on. to record out of a volcano. Like, why does everybody have to be headquartered in a volcano? That's pretty metal. Yeah, just like iron, and it's hard and dense. And Winona Earp. You're no Winona Earp. <laughs> I've always known. You know what if, she doesn't do is say her name at the end of every clip. Yeah. If you like to us and <laughs> Mike, tell us about Patreon. Patreon.com slash your pop filter. I promise there's so little Taylor on there. <laughs> there's so little Taylor. If you want to support us because we support this kid, uh, you can pick a tier, give us that amount of money every month, and you'll get little prizes, little tidbits, little extra shows, little behind the scenes works, articles, farticles, make us eat garbanzo beans. It's all kinds of weird. If that doesn't mean anything to you, look on Patreon and see how much of strangers' lives you get to control. If that doesn't mean anything to you, then who is the real garbanzo bean? Think about it. Yeah. Think about it. If you want to support us in another way, you can go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. It's just like regular Amazon, but it takes money away from Amazon and gives a little bit of help to us. So that is a good thing. For us. Look at our shoes, dude. <laughs> you just zoned out looking at each other's shoes. Ryan, Ryan's trying to make me look at our shoes. We're wearing the same shoes today. Converse, y'all. That's, that's just a physical bit in studio so that you can't see, but we can, and it's a lot of fun for us. All right, fine. Give me an ad then. I'll kill it. All right, fine. Tyler's bit YouTube. No. All right, you can go to YouTube.com and search your pop filter. It's all one word, and our channel would come up. It is clips from our shows, and it is set to videos, and they're good. You're the one sober person in this room, you fucking drunk. And YouTube is good. You should go there and like and subscribe to those videos. If you want to go to social media and find us, you can go to Twitter.com, find at your pop filter, or Facebook.com slash your... Well, yeah, you do. You find open your Twitter app and find at your pop filter or Facebook.com slash your pop filter. We're on there and we're slinging tent all over the place and it's great and it's good and you like it and you love it. And do you, you remember love that step uncle we were talking about? That's how he talks. Kyle, you're gonna go out and sling some tent uh, Let's go sling some tent. And if you want to contact us in a more long-form way, you can do that at contact at yourpopfilter.com. That's an email address where you can send an electronic mail that'll go through an SMTP server and deliver right into our inbox, and then we'll read that. And if it's good, we'll read it on the show. And if it's bad and you say really mean things about us, we might read it on the show if it's funny. So send us that. If you want to do that in an audio format, you can call us at 1562-DRDJPOP. That's 1562-DRDJPOP. He's a little robot associate. One of his hands is a... Spatula. And his other hand is a... It is a copy of uh, Up in the Air on DVD. That stars George Clooney and Anna Kendrick. I saw that in theaters twice. It was a good movie, 2009. That was Anna Kendrick's claim to fame, right? Yeah. We would not have any of the Pitch Perfects without that movie. Everybody else would be like Twilight. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Up in the air. (laughs) Up in the air. Uh, That was a great movie. Uh, Some of that Jason Reitman magic. 
And right, yeah, he, he'll take all of our messages. He's a robot and he will play them on the show for us. His first ah. name is Jason. His last name is Right Man. That's definitely This a is robot. the douchiest that's person that has ever existed. And that's it for this week. Next week, guys, we're talking we're about... We're doing it! We're no. talking about The Gifted. You know I'm what that sorry. means? The fall has started and all the shows it. are coming. God damn it! Summer was so beautiful. It was. We did not cherish it nearly enough. It's It went by too fast. That's not so true. We'll be we parasailed every morning. That's true. So fucking summer. It was I so haven't summer. taken floral shorts off in months and uh, the, the amount of yogurt that we ate whew, it was wonderful well that's what we'll be doing next week until then for mike i'm ryan for ryan i'm taylor for taylor i'm greg and greg is dead and we love him r.i.p greg i miss you my father my love my golden little boy my precious king my great angel. These are all normal things to say about your father, just so you know. This is what we call our fathers every day. Light of my life, my love. That's why my I father doesn't return my phone calls. No, good call on his part. And we'll be here for you next week, my precious lovelies. Wait, what are what what what's the first number you say? Is that what you had to look up? What, what's going on? What's oh, number three. Waterice. Waterice. Are we talking about the delicious? <laughs> you guys both come from idiot speaking places, and I love it. Philadelphia. Your hog hunting and waterice delights me to no end. Okay, that's our spinoff show. Hog, hog hunter and, and the waterice. <laughs> and we just talk what? about the way we are, the way we are. Uh, you know what? F- fuck it. Let's make that podcast. And fuck this asshole for making fun of us here in his... I would do a 15-minute-a-week for Patreon. Hog hunting <laughs> in the water ice. All right. Stay tuned for Patreon listeners. You're going to get that. All right. <laughs>